welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and thankfully the only, Jerry Springer. (laughs) Oh. Oh. I'm just teasing. Yeah, no, I would love... I would love to have like a mini me. That would be frightening. That would be frightening. <laughs> there is a bobblehead, isn't there? Yeah. There, there is a bobblehead, which yeah. is uh, anatomically correct. <laughs> well, that's scary. <laughs> hey, speaking of bobbleheads, we got some emails from listeners. Yes. That I wanted to go over, and uh, I. By the way, I just I do Megan what's called a rip and read. I really don't bet these because right. I know our listeners are awesome. Rip and read. That's, that's, that's from my school. generation. Yeah, yeah that's, that, like, that's a radio yeah, news How do you rip and room. read on your fancy I'm reading them phone. off my phone here, yeah. so but I haven't <laughs> okay. pre-read them. Yeah. Anyway, first one. Uh, let's see. Bobby Talon from Boise, Idaho. Thanks I love Idaho. I'm going there yeah. this summer. He says, I listen to the podcast for one reason. Megan. Oh, that's Aww, interesting. That's sweet. Oh, what's that about? And, and then he says, <laughs> by the way, is she really an HR officer? Yes. She, oh. in fact, is. I am. And he goes on to say, I wish the place where I worked had someone like her. Aww, that's, that's a nice, that's super it's a nice sweet. email. This is from Karen Fusito from Fargo, North Dakota. And she says here, uh, I visited relatives in the Cincinnati area recently and asked them to take me to Ludlow, Kentucky, so I could ride the Ludlow City bus that you all talk about all the time. Gene's place of employment. You're in Um, trouble now. I thought a selfie on it would be fun for Instagram. We got to Ludlow, and I went to the city administration building, and they said that they never heard of the Ludlow City bus company. Weird. That's a little problem. There isn't one? Well, she claims You've been no, saying the whole no, well, she, wait, there is almost one. a full year. So this is uh, to you, Karen. You went to the wrong Ludlow, Kentucky. We're the one adjacent to the Creationism Museum. You know that, yeah, Megan, the Creationism yeah. Museum's down the road. Really? Mm, sure. Oh, yeah, it really You didn't know that? No, I really didn't. Oh, for real. Like right yeah, there we'll have to Kentucky. take Jerry. We're like 20 miles away. Needs, oh, they'll want me in yeah. there. <laughs> okay, yeah. this is from Tyrone, yeah, it's a, it's last one. Situation. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll at least admit you were not created. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they'll say well, to me. Okay, I'm sure they'll say <laughs> that you weren't created in the image and likeness of God, which That's, is what we oh, learn in yeah. Correct. Catholic Catholics. Yeah. Catholics, right? Hey, yeah. by the way, uh, Tyrone Billings from Kansas City <laughs> writes, I listen to your podcast live when I'm on the treadmill. I like it except for one thing. Oh, he's got a complaint here. Oh, listen to this. Why Uh can't Mr. Springer be held to the same responsibility as other entertainers for coming up with fresh material? Right on. That's exactly what What? Megan Rodman is saying. He says, wait a second, wait a second. Listen to this. (laughs) He says, I've heard the same hearing aid joke in seven episodes. First of all, they've only they were only in six. No, I think he's got right. <laughs> well, he seven. doesn't have good hearing. That's why. He, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, hey, by go. the way, yes, what? here's what here's what I think. And I've been saying this on a lot of episodes. Yeah. You have a personal assistant. Yep. How many people in this room has have a personal assistant? No hands have gone up. Not Megan's, not mine. No one in the audience. You have a personal assistant. By the way, I have talked to her many times. She is wonderful. She'd have to be. It, her name is Jenna. I'm yeah. just going to give her first name. I don't yeah. want anybody to try to track her down. Yeah. She's a wonderful she's, young she's, woman, she's very wonderful. professional. Yeah. 
You haven't. I'm going to the- pass this phone number over to David Pruce of Ambient Studios, our technical producer. Who's here, you da- can, David? If you line. wouldn't mind calling her, well, we got to get her on. She's the phone. supposed to be working at the office. What and do you mean? If he's, I want to do something. Her. I want to ask her when he gets her on the phone. Oh, you can't. Be if she her. could help us, Megan, would you agree for oh, the sake I would of our beg listeners? Her. We need help. <laughs> yeah. We we'll throw help. money at this problem if we have to. What, what needs what to change? John, she's got yeah, her. we have her on the line now. Uh, Jenna, how you doing? Hi, Gene. I'm good. How are you? The seat's hey, she's right, a real Jenna. night. You hear that? Yeah. It's a very Hi, nice. Megan. Yeah. You should meet the flight attendants. I have on my plane. Oh, my <laughs> oh, God. No. No. Hey, hey, Jenna. Jenna. Yeah. Hey, you, you don't have to answer any question from Gene you don't want to. <laughs> Jenna, we're here to oh. help help him. This is all in the spirit of helping us and the show and everything. And so if you could give us any assistance, we'd be very grateful. Hey, Jenna, can I ask you a question? You you anything. have You have a great job. I know you do. You do, don't you? I'm sure you'd be the first to say. Oh my gosh, the best. Yeah, okay. well, of course, Aww. because pay week's coming up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, Jenna, and yeah. your job description, uh, I'm sure, is stuff like... Can well, you-, you know, Gene, most people manage calendars, make sure, you know, schedules and meetings all yeah. align. A big part of my job is laughing at Jerry's jokes. Aha! <laughs> Well, Aww. and it's like, it's, is there a bonus? Like, oh, don't say, with that, Jenna. See, don't say. <laughs> good, Jenna. She laughs on her own. It's no. not. A, is that at you or? Is with that you? really in the job description? Yeah, I think it's yeah Jerry, it's in the contract you made me sign. <laughs> yeah. <that's right>. <laughs> well, <laughs> I. Yeah, but we don't have to. But but it's true because when people were, um, you know, I, I was interviewing people to who would have that position. Right. It was they must have been told that because everyone who came in for an interview was just <laughs> laughing and laughing. <laughs> you know? That would have been an interesting yeah. interview it was process. Great. Oh, hi, Mr. Springer. Ah, ah, ah. Hey, yeah. when you tell people, yeah. Jenna, that you're a personal assistant. And then it comes to, you know, well, who are you a personal assistant for? Because I can imagine you could say, I, you know, I'm the luckiest young woman in the world and personal assistant for a celebrity. And then you tell them it's Jerry Springer. Oh. Do you get good reaction, laughs? Uh, what, what, how's it's, that play? It's a mix, but it's usually. What do you mean it's a mix? <laughs> she can hear you, Jenna. A mix? <laughs> Keep like. talking, Jenna. <laughs> No, what what kind? So you get a little bit of you get various reactions. Is that what you're saying? Various reactions, for sure. Hey, um, well, what, 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 wait, you never told me that. <laughs> we yeah. want to hear some of this. Well, all I get is, oh, I boy, they, only, that person really likes you. Positive what? reactions, Jerry. All positive, oh, But Jerry. everyone is shocked. Everyone's like, what is he like? Because you, you seem like a normal nicest. person. Yeah. He is Always. the nicest. He hey, Jenna, where, where did you uh, come from? Do you, you live near where the show is, but uh, w- where where were you schooled, et cetera? I grew up in Connecticut, and I went to school in Virginia. Nice. And did you ever, in your wildest dreams, think that this would be your dream job, Jenna? (laughs) When I was growing up, and Jerry Springer was on, and a parent walked in the room, I had to change the channel so fast. (laughs) (laughs) So never in a million years did I think I would have the pleasure of working for Mr. Springer. Oh, that is great. She did did once bring her folks in, and... uh, you know, and every, I was real nervous. Yeah, on your best behavior. They were, yeah, they were hey, Jenna, people. look, help us out, please. Can't you, at the request, please, of Megan and me, 
get him some legal jokes. They're all public uh, domain. That's what we call those, yep. right? I mean, just yep. get some get some jokes off the internet and feed them to him. Uh, here's what we're dealing with, Jerry. Do, do your do your best just, joke. Just do, do, do it. The just be done with joke. it. Dear God. Well, no, I'm I'm you know when I fly into town, I stay at a hotel downtown, room yes. seven forty three, and uh, <laughs> and and, <laughs> and I'm at this hotel, and well, I guess I can tell you last night. Um, but, oh, they, oh my God! They well, they're coming out. for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, uh, <laughs> what's the sirens? <laughs> no, for uh, I'll say an hour. I may be exaggerating a little bit, but it seemed like for an hour, this beautiful woman is banging on my hotel door. You kidding? Yeah. Well, finally, I let her out. <laughs> but it was just <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> Oh my yeah. God! That wasn't I've Cleveland. Never... That wasn't Miami. That wasn't <laughs> no, the hearing aid. Yes. I've never told that on this show. No. I, well, I don't oh. know. <laughs> Jenna, that's what we're dealing with. See, he does. Jenna, what he does is all the warm-up jokes for the Jerry Springer TV show. That's what he does. He doesn't even. And he just recycles them. Yes, that's what he does. Recycles. But look, yeah. if you could just look up a joke for him and then write it out. But here's what you're gonna have to do, right, Megan? It has to be real big oh, fonts. Oh, Jenna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really large. So print. you guys can read it. Yeah. So you, you know what, Jenna? It. We'll just exchange emails. We'll just cut them out of this. Take <laughs> yeah. care of this real Perfect. quick. Perfect. <laughs> Megan, we'll chat later. I like it. Hey, I Jenna. Like it. Thank you very much. Jenna, you're the. the We're best. counting on you now. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Are you I at the? I won't let you down. Guys, all right, thank you, Jenna. Are you at the office? Yeah, oh, of course, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah, okay, thanks. All right, Jenna, you could become a regular here. Thank you, see ya. Thanks, let's hear it for Jenna, Jerry's personal assistant. She really is great. She's uh, excellent. No, no, no. Yeah, she, she, she really she's is. She's actually very she's cool. Actually. And, How long and has she I, been your assistant? I don't know. You were asking questions I never knew. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was cute. I hired her. I didn't know. <laughs> no. No. See, I did. That's not now. true. No, Testing one, two, one, two. Well, she might also be. When I walked she's... in here, this is true. What uh, happened? Well, there's, uh, you know, Ludlow. This is lovely community. Lovely. There are parts of it. A little sketchy, you're saying? Somebody, the use, there's this woman outside. Oh, Really? He's yeah. going to do it. Yeah, and, 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 and just kind of leaning up against the wall. And as I walk out, she says, Psst, Mr. Springer. And I go, what? She says, I'll do anything for 50 bucks. Oh, no. I said, paint my house. <laughs> no, yeah. I'll right. oh, see, that, that sucked. Was, that, that, that was so wasn't. bad. <laughs> well, for 50 bucks? No, that wasn't even That wasn't even good. What? I mean, yeah. I mean, what? tell the Miami story. You I'd rather what? hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry. No, honestly, my wife and I, uh, we've been happy for 20 years. Uh-huh. And, and then we met. <laughs> and, Not, you know what? <laughs> this is new material. Yes. Huh? I'm on a roll now. <laughs> you know, and here's the difference this. between us. I don't do jokes. I don't try to make people laugh. I've prided myself throughout my life of just keeping my head down and just uh, trying to be meaningful. So, but I, so I don't do jokes, but I was just saying my grandson, Trey, I was talking to him just today because I was uh, driving him to practice and he told me something that happened in school. He goes to a Catholic school and he says, man, you know, we went into the cafeteria today and we got there and it's Catholic school, St. Aloysius. And we got to the cafeteria table and there was a, a pile of apples, and uh, Mother Margaret, the principal, yeah. and you can relate to this, Megan, because yeah. you went to Catholic school. I did. Yes. And Mother Margaret had written a note, and it said, children, 
take only one, God is watching. Ooh. And boy, if you've gone to Catholic schools, you don't mess with uh, Mother Margaret of the school, whoever right. that no. is, the principal. Nor with God watching. So Trey went farther down the table, and there was a whole pile of cookies. And Trey said to his buddy, take all you want, because God's watching the apples. <laughs> so... <laughs> Now, see, what I do, Megan, you weave a story. come in and tell <laughs> true stories that might amuse somebody. Maybe. I don't know. Now, let me give you an yeah. insight into Jerry I'm gonna Springer. I'm going to come up jokes one week. <laughs> before, <laughs> it's not hard. Uh, <laughs> clearly. Hey, before we called Jenna, and yes. I've talked to Jerry because I'm the producer of Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fuller, and I have a production meeting weekly, and I bring in the crew, Jerry and Megan. And I have to I admonish have never, them. As I've never been to a Excuse me, meeting. I haven't been to one meeting. <laughs> really? Of we, this we've been we on for five years. Before this no thing meeting. goes on, I haven't been to one meeting. By the way, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's true. <laughs> Show up five so minutes. So far, I'm real happy. Yes, <laughs> really. Because if the meetings are anything like this, yeah. I know. this is a total waste of time. Well, this is. <laughs> <laughs> Here are some jokes Jerry submitted to me that he wanted to do on the podcast. He has been doing some research. And we now have, I've hired a censor, Denise Compton, from Podcast oh, Live. And now the material goes through Ms. Ms. Compton. Ms. Compton, wow. And these are the jokes that Denise Compton told me Jerry wanted to do. And she scratched out in Black Magic Marker the joke. And she just left the punchlines. The jokes apparently are unspeakable. That they, I know there is, there's no low we could get to in which these jokes would be appropriate. And here are the punchlines. The first one, <laughs> Jerry Springer submitted this. The punchline is that will never fit. I can tell by looking. That is, you know, that joke. Oh. It's oh, not a Megan. I don't know the rest of the joke, but I know from that. No, you can't moving do that all joke. along. <laughs> you can't do that joke, Jerry. Why nope. did you think that was going to nope, work? Nope, your HR representative is saying nope. <laughs> no, well, yeah. Here's another one. How far is the old log in? <laughs> That's actually a real joke. <laughs> but, oh my god. Gene's going to die. But Megan, the, the, it's spelled I-N-N. You know how far down the road is that place called? Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. It's unraveling. It's, it's horrible. Here's the final one. I hope God's watching the apples. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the final one. Jerry Springer submitted this joke, the punchline of which is, that can't be my wife. She's in Cleveland. Uh, now, see, and that is a joke that you do. We've been married 42 years, and obviously we have moments of intimacy. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, <laughs> hold on, before you finish it. It's so bad. This is so it. awful. <laughs> Does Mickey know you say that they'll just No. Joke and set it up like <laughs> she, that? We have moments of no, intimacy. No, she thinks moments, I'm bowling tonight. <laughs> I don't tell her. I don't tell her I've got a podcast. Are you she crazy? Even know, does she? she doesn't know we have a podcast. Oh my gosh. Dear Lord. Oh no. But anyway, so you were saying? Well, she liked it. And uh, that's not unusual. She loves to talk during sex. You know, I mean, last night she called me from Cleveland. <laughs> but I'm bummed. <laughs> 
there it is. Yeah, it only it but is. a goodie. <laughs> yeah, that's the one we expected. <laughs> that's the that's the one we were waiting for. <laughs> Better than those. Yeah, ones. No, that's true. <laughs> oh my God. Nope. Hey Jerry. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think we <laughs> should be doing do a tonight. podcast in which we make fun of stuff so much. And by stuff we, we would mean, do Jerry. better. If we tried to help the world and, and educated people. Well, that would be taking my show <laughs> off the air. <laughs> it's the best thing. I so I wanted to ask you because, and we're now live. So we have people listening live now Ooh. and others who are listening in the archive versions. Honey, I'm bowling. <laughs> yeah. So the way you do this, if you go to our website and we're doing some revamping of the front page and you can already listen live now and there's a listen live button, but we're going to set this up a little differently where you can see what the dates are when the live podcasts are happening. And there's a whole string of Tuesdays here in the near future in which they're happening. So they start at 7.30 in the evening Eastern time. And tonight, as we're doing this, is the night of primaries for, let's see if I get these right, Jerry, but we've got Hawaii, Mississippi, Michigan. And uh, there have been a lot of debates. And you and I were talking once about debates, and you had a very interesting take on how presidential debates work and what they may mean or not mean. Well, Why don't you share that? Obviously, when we look at the ratings, um, people are watching the, uh, watching the debates. So this is not an argument for not watching the debates. And this is not just in this election year, any election year. Debates have nothing to do with what kind of president you will ultimately be. And the reason for that, it, it's not just the answers that the candidates give. The fault lies initially with the questions that are asked. And what I mean by that is, in every single debate, the questions are always about a particular issue. You know, paraphrasing, you know, where do you stand on funding Planned Parenthood? Should America have made a deal with Iran on nuclear weapons. And the candidate will, of course, spout a memorized answer, what his or her position is, appealing to the constituency that they're trying to appeal to. And we get it. And then, of course, if you like that answer, you clap. And if you don't like the answer, well, I'm not voting for that, whatever. And that's all we get. Year after year, debate after debate, but that has nothing to do with what kind of president you will be. Two reasons. First of all, can you imagine being asked a question, the candidate being asked a question, and then the candidate saying, can I get back to you on that? I want to meet with my staff, with my advisors, with some experts, and, and, and try and get a good answer to that. You'd be left off the stage, the headline would be, he blew it, whatever. And yet, there is never a question that a president has to answer within a minute and a half. And if any president answers a question in a minute and a half, then obviously no thought has been put into it. So that's the first thing. The skill we're asking for has nothing to do with what you do as a president when you listen to all the advice, when you sleep on it, when you think of it. You know, even missiles take 15 minutes to come over, you know? 
So, you know, back in the days we were worried about the Soviet Union, you know, uh, what do we do? You, even there, you have more than a minute and a half. So the first thing is the skill of having a quick answer that makes a great headline, that maybe you'll have a funny joke. That's the skill that is measured. You know, if we had a president who stuttered, could never be elected. You had a president that had, in, in, in fact, the other day, I, I saw people commenting on Hillary Clinton's voice, that it, it's too high or grating. Have you ever read about Lincoln's voice? Never by today's standards would ever have been elected. He had a very high, squeaky voice. And, you know, he wasn't the best-looking guy in the world. And, you know, when he got a beard, he started to look, you know, whatever. But in, in other words, all the things we measure in a debate or in a candidate today have nothing to do with your ability to be a great leader. So that's number one, okay? The idea that you got to get an answer in a minute and a half and you can't talk to your advisors and come up with a well-thought-out answer. Two, and this is the bigger issue, the questions regard a particular issue every time. But in the real world, a president never has to deal with issues in isolation. What I mean by that is it's never in a vacuum. You've got many things on the plate at the same time. So, for example, you could ask, let's say, Ted Cruz, where do you stand on funding Planned Parenthood, and he'd say, don't fund it. You could ask him then, Mr. Cruz, Senator Cruz, where do you stand on America having a deal with Iran on nuclear weapons? Well, he shouldn't have signed that deal. Okay, now you got his positions. But as president, that wouldn't be the issue. What if the issue was to get a vote, let's say, for repealing Obamacare. But in order to get that vote that'll put it over the top, you've got to agree to back off the defunding of Planned Parenthood. What would you do? Ah, that's what a real president has to deal with. Sometimes to get the vote that you need on a major issue, you got to make a deal on some other vote that is important to you. That's the real test, isn't it? I want to ask Senator Cruz, if getting the vote on repealing Obamacare would require you to agree to fund Planned Parenthood by the senators whose vote you needed, would you be willing to make that deal? He would sweat, and he would have to tell one of his constituencies, eh, I'd probably have to back off Planned Parenthood, or, knowing him, well, I might have to back off on repealing Obamacare. That would give the American people an idea of what our presidents do. Why do you think there's a revolt over all these years in the Republican Party? It's because the Republican presidents could never deliver on the cultural issues, starting with Nixon, who could never... You know, no matter what he promised the right wing on the cultural issues, he could never really go with them because he was, it was a bigger priority dealing with China and Russia and the Soviet Union. And with Reagan, the god of conservative thought, 
in today's world. He ne couldn't deliver on the cultural issues because he had a priority elsewhere. And th th the same with Bush. When Bush said, uh, read my lips, the first Bush, 41, no new taxes, he had to back off on that. The Republican electorate, the conservative electorate, is so ticked off because in the real world, the candidates they support, even though they said they're with them on that issue, always backed off those cultural issues because they never were as important to the president as some of the other issues you really have to deal with when you're president, which is world peace, war, things like that. And that is what, at some point, we have got to see. What brought this to mind is I remember taking the bar exam for Ohio back in 1969. And when you took the bar exam then, I confess I don't know what the exam is like today, but it was all essays. And you have a half hour for each hypothetical fact situation. But there were many issues involved in the question. It was a real-life situation, and you had to deal with several issues. Imagine if you gave presidential candidates 30 hypothetical situations. Print the situations in every newspaper, on every website, you know, and so every American gets to see. Read that hypothetical situation. I just gave you one now with the, uh, the Obamacare and Planned Parenthood. And then have the candidates give a written response. They can think about it as long as they want. Because in real life, they would. They'd be dealing for weeks on these issues. And see, then you'd be able to measure when the chips are down, is this candidate going to really fight for the things that are most important for our country or most important to me or what have you? That makes sense, not the circus we have today where the debates are a game show. Colin Powell, you know, re made reference to me and said, you know, because I had made some comment about the last Republican debate, you know, and... Rubio and Trump were going back and forth with each other on the size of their organs and who peed in his pants or whatever, <laughs> you know, and I, I said two things. I said, if you're going to do my show, you should pay me, uh, which was my major interest. <laughs> and secondly, they should run a crawl at the bottom of the screen during the debate. This is not a, this is not a campaign for junior high school president. Then Colin Powell was referring. He says if Jerry Springer thinks this is too crazy, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's yeah, true. <laughs> he did say it. your parents would be proud if they were. Oh, they'd be so proud. Uh, but anyway, so that is the point I'm making. The truth is, the debates, by definition, by the way they run them, it is a game show. Even if you don't make crash junior high school jokes. It's a game show. Can you give a quick answer with a quip in a minute and a half to a world problem that world leaders have been dealing with for, you know, if you're talking about the Middle East for thousands of years? No, you got to have an answer in a minute and a half. How can you ask a question about the Middle East? That is why, however they, these candidates do in the debates, just for your own peace of mind, realize that's not telling you what kind of president they will make, he or she will make. That's good stuff. I think that's, 
man, I sit when I sit and listen to analysis that you do, and I've always admired it. I've told you that over the years. I think how uh, puny my life is by comparison. I mean, uh, what, what comes to my mind, Megan, is I was going to say one thing, and we're going to bring on uh, Easy Tom Eby to do some music, but. My cousin Mike, and I told you this the other week, was in the Cloister Monastery for 21 years, and yeah. he quit. Yeah. And my cousin Mike, uh, though, I hate you had so to go much. to a doctor. <laughs> he went to a doctor? Because he wasn't feeling well. Oh, the doc I'm... says, Mike, you have 10... He sat him down. He was very... Get, just settle down. Settle down. I have to tell you something that's going to be pretty stunning, but you have 10 to live. And my cousin, like, freaked and said, 10... What, months, weeks, days? And he said, well, now you're down to nine. <laughs> and then what did he say? <laughs> no, no, that was, that was pretty oh, that much that was, that was, that was what he said. Much. I hate you said. so that, much. That, that you you disgust much. me. So like a minute? Like, you know, like well, you disgust 10 me. minutes. <laughs> hey, easy, Tom. Uh, yeah. EB, we're going to bring up to the mic yes. right now. Yeah. All right, let's go. Hey, whoa. Easy Tom, by the way, is going to be accompanied by Steve Meyer, who plays harmonica, and got Easy Tom E.B. on guitar, local songwriter and performer. And we'd like to ask you first, uh, Easy Tom, if you would uh, start us off with a song. Sure. This is a uh, this is what I call my gospel rock, but these guys call it drunken gospel because I play in bars a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a sing-along song. You you'll catch on to the chorus and. Uh, Oh, and we got Casey All right, Campbell. Casey Campbell, our music oh, coordinator. Now, now. Casey, Joining on the uh, washboard. A little percussion oh, here. I, you haven't oh, yeah. finished your wash, have you? <laughs> and it goes a little bit like this. I was looking for relief. After walking the same old streets, I took a walk through the riverbank trees. I saw an old man sitting on a stump, and he's singing, If you please, why don't you lay, why don't you lay, lay a burden down, why don't you lay, why don't you lay, lay a burden down, no need to carry it around, why don't you lay a burden down. I was looking for relief. After walking in the same old streets, I took a walk through the riverbank trees. I saw an old man sitting on a stump and he's singing, If you please, why don't you lay, why don't you lay, lay a burden down, why don't you lay, why don't you lay, lay a burden down, no need to carry it around, why don't you lay a burden down. This is where we clap it out together. Why don't you lay, why don't you lay, lay a burden down, why don't you lay, why don't you lay, lay a burden down, no need to carry it around, why don't you lay a burden down. Yeah. Easy Tom Eby, accompanied by Steve Meyer on the harmonica. Hey, Easy Tom, uh, you play in a lot of bars, you said earlier. Yes. And, and that probably is the situation of a lot of songwriters and performers and roots music all over the country, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, is that ultimately the, 
the a fun the best place to play or does it is it a mixed bag tell us a little bit maybe some bar stories of playing music over the years um playing bars is fun the ones that have food it's a little bit more fun <laughs> yeah but, I pl- uh, yeah i played in bars a lot but i, I never learned an instrument <laughs> yeah. there, there you go <laughs> but now uh when i started i, I met these guys um I've, I've played for years in wedding bands and bar bands, and I, I met these guys in about 2007, something like that. And when I went in the bar, I realized there was a lot of, like, there's an undercurrent, you know, there's people that weren't there for the music. And so I kept putting out positive message songs, and I think it drove a lot of them away. They didn't want to hear it. No, I'm not staying here. That guy's talking about having a good time and lay your burden down, because... I used to do a song called All About Good Times, and I, I wrote it kind of like for where the bar I was at. And I said, well, we can't do that, though. we got to do this other song here because it looks like somebody's still got some worries on their mind. you got to lay that burden down and let them sweep it up in the morning. And then we'd do that song, and it would get everybody yep. into it. And, and through the years, I continue to do that. And uh, that's the way I like to do my songs. Good. Good philosophy. Uh, do us a second song, would you? Okay. And this song, um, this came about... Oh, about five years ago, I was at the open mic at the Crow's Nest. And, uh, Crow's Nest is a great bar in the Cincinnati area, right yes. on the west side of town. Right. And as I was sitting there playing in an open doorway in October, uh, this cold wind's blowing in. I started sweating like crazy as I'm playing my song. And I told Sean, something's wrong. we gotta, we got to finish this. And so they figured out that I was having a heart attack. <laughs> oh, my God. So we had to go to the hospital that night right away, right from the open mic. I got in the car and went up. And uh, and did a song come out of that? Oh, yes. Yeah, and called that's open heart. right here. Yeah, it was <laughs> called Open Heart. <laughs> yeah, Open Mic, Open Heart. Because <laughs> uh, while I was hanging out there, I got to know a lot of the nurses, and they were, they were some, some of them came up to the bar to hear us. Uh, nice. And uh, so I wrote them a song, and it, go, and it goes like this. Okay. It's called Cheer Up, Cheer Up, Here Come the Nurses. Nice. It goes a little bit like this. Well, cheer up, cheer up, here comes the nurses. Beer up, beer up, here comes the nurses. Don't know where to get them, but I like their shoes. They're not a lot of tools they're not afraid to use. So if you want to bitch and moan and be a prick, you know, they got a catheter they can shove in quick or slow. Cheer up, cheer up, here comes the nurses. Beer up, beer up, here comes the nurses. Set them up, set them up, set them up, here comes the nurses. And what's worse is, they're ready to knock them down. Dance around like downtown Brown. Get chunks in the bed like Ann and Kate. Cheer up, cheer up, here comes the nurses. Well, you might think that you're a funny, funny man. You'll look even funnier sitting on a bedpan You really want them to think the best of ya Cause they all know how to give a high colonic enema It's true Ever seen. So you really want them to think the best of you 
Harmonica, Casey Campbell on the washboard over oh, yeah, here as well. There you go. Um, yeah, Casey. All right, would you take us out on Irene Goodnight? And Jerry Springer will jump in on a verse. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. to jump in the river